Well, we're going to continue our study this week on uh, the Ephesians prayer, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 through 23. And uh, we began this message last week. I didn't intend it for it to be a two-week message, but uh, we had so much that uh, I think we needed to complete it this week. Ephesians chapter 1, uh, I'm going to read verse 16 through 23. I cease not to give thanks for you, this is Paul speaking, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. I'm going to go ahead right away and read that in the Amplified Translation. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. For I always pray to God, of our, <clears throat> excuse me, to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may give, grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into mysteries and secrets, into the deep and intimate knowledge of him. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you, and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that's named not only in uh, this age but also in the age which is to come, in the world, excuse me, which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, headship exercised throughout the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. Now we discussed last week that this passage of scripture is one of the most profound prayers that you will find in the word of God. And I'm so thankful that God moved upon Paul, that his spirit came upon him to not only to pray this, but to write this prayer down so that we have this same prayer. So this is a prayer given by the spirit of God and anointed by the spirit of God that Paul was praying for the church at Ephesus, that we can pray uh, for ourselves. As we approach, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and we're so thankful for your word. Father, we thank you that your word is alive and powerful, sharper than any sword, sharp, sharper than any object, penetrating to the innermost part of who we are. Father, we ask you today, even as we study this passage of Scripture, Father, we give you access. We say, Holy Spirit, have your way. You are our teacher. You are our guide. We look to you to teach us, 
to bring light, to bring understanding, to bring revelation, and to do exactly what this verse of Scripture says, Father. We ask you to give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding being flooded with light. Father, that we will have light upon light and understanding will come and flow, that we can make changes, that we can live to our full potential, to your fullest potential in us and through us today in this place, this year as we go forth. Father, I ask for each and every person, I plead the blood of Jesus over all of our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our spiritual ears, and our spiritual eyes, Father. I pray that we would see the way that you see and know what you know. Father, we thank you that you are the great revealer, that you are the great life giver, and that you are the one that is our teacher and our guide. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we said, um, you know, Dad Hagen, Brother Hagen, the most significant change in his life came after he prayed these prayers consistently for about six months. He had been in the ministry for 14 years, uh, or 13 years rather, and he had been born again for 15 years. And he uh, ended up reading these scriptures day after day after day after day. In fact, he'd leave his Bible open uh, on the platform of the church, and anytime he'd go in and out of the church, he lived at a parsonage right next door, uh, he would read these prayers and pray these prayers. And where it says, um, Paul prayed for you, he said, Lord, I pray that I would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And you realize when you have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God, this prayer is talking so much about who we are in Christ and what we have in Christ. And this prayer also talks about the same power that God used when he took Christ, who was in the grave, who actually took all of our sin and all of our sickness and all of our poverty and all of our lack, that same power that raised him from the dead is the same power that's working in us. So you realize that's some powerful stuff. That's resurrection power. That's power that goes beyond your ability. It goes beyond the ability of the United States government, who is supposedly, and I think is, the most powerful government in the world. It goes beyond the power of any nuclear bomb that we have, any atomic bomb, any cluster bomb, any type of weapons that we might have that you could see like could annihilate something in a moment of time. You know, in the Manhattan Project, when they exploded the first atomic bomb, they put it on this tower, and after the bomb went off, they went to look for that tower, and there was nothing left of that tower because they said what happened is it burned so bright and so hot and so quickly that it actually liquefied the metal of the tower and then evaporated the gas that was created. So there was like nothing left, completely destroyed. And, uh, you know, I was reading about it a couple weeks ago, and they said that they expected the blast, and I don't remember the exact kilotons, I'm not an explosive, explosions expert anyhow, would have been an interesting job, I'm sure, but um, it was, I think it was 10 times more powerful than what they expected. So where they had placed all of the observers, they placed them way too close. And so one guy, in fact, you know, they, you know, they knew enough maybe that they should have like some blast goggles and, and those type of things on. But this guy's like, nah, I've calculated everything. It's not going to be that bad. He didn't wear his goggles and he like burnt his eyes badly because uh, he said, trying to look at this thing, he said it was worse than trying to look at the sun. He said, you're there and even with your eyes closed, with your hands over your eyes, the light still penetrated. So, so powerful. And that's something, uh, you know, that's in the earth that man discovered that God had actually placed in the earth, that kind of power. But this power is more powerful than that. 
You know, of course, nowadays there's much more powerful bombs than that. And so the power that raised Christ from the dead, if we could tap into that power in our situation, in our difficulty, in our trouble, where uh, we need help in our life, that power can affect anything that you need, anything that I need. It can change any situation because that power in raising Christ from the dead actually removed depression actually removed poverty, actually took away every deformity and every um, disease and every sickness and the power of every disease and the power of every sickness. So the power that the devil has over us is really the power of a lie. The devil is a liar and he's the father of lies. So when you have a mistruth happening, what happens? Well, if you act on a mistruth, you're going to have uh, a bad result. You're not going to have an actual accurate result. So if you respond to the lie of the devil, let's say like, you know, um, you don't have enough finances. Uh, there's not enough money to meet your needs. Or you're not going to have enough food. Or maybe like I have four kids. So like, you know, when they get to be teenagers, you're just, they're just going to eat you out of house and home and you're not going to have enough. Well, if I start to think that way, uh, what am I going to start to do? Well, I'm actually going to start to maybe set aside some money now because in the future, they're going to eat a lot more and I've got to buy them a car and then maybe health insurance rates will go up. Now, is it bad for me to put away money? Oh, no. Actually, Proverbs says that we should put away money, that we should save, that we should be wise and the Lord will bless our storehouse. But if I'm doing it fear-based, you know, I love in Job where it says, what I greatly feared has come upon me. So actually, when we respond to fear, uh, and fear you know, a lot of times comes from worry, from a lie of the devil, we respond to fear, we actually give access to that in our lives. So we're actually preparing for the lie to take place. So in that case, I'm preparing for lack. Uh, it doesn't mean that I'm, you should be wasteful and not a good steward. You should be a good steward, but I'm talking about the fear, the lie that comes, and then we respond to that rather than responding to faith in God. Without faith, Hebrews 11.6 says it's impossible to please God. Uh, everyone that comes to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God will pass over a thousand people, a million people to get to one person that's acting in faith. If you look at the ministry of Jesus and the miracles of Christ, there's actually 19 individual cases of healing in the New Testament under the ministry of Jesus Christ. And about, I think it's uh, close to three quarters of those, you can see very clearly it says, uh, according to their faith. Your faith has made you well. Jesus responded to their faith. So Jesus responds to your faith today. All the way, I love to look at things from the salvation experience. When you're born again. If any man uh, be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So as we look at that salvation experience, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, man uh, confesses uh, to righteousness with the mouth confessions made into salvation. And so you realize, whether you realize it or not, when you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and believed in your heart, you're actually believing in your heart and you're confessing with your mouth. And as you're confessing with your mouth, you're made born again. So faith speaks and faith confesses. And so it's not as you think in your head that you're born again. It's actually as you confess with your mouth. So it's actually made a reality. 
If you ever pray with somebody to be born again, because sometimes, if, like I was born at a very young age, uh, but I've prayed with many people to receive Christ. And when you're praying with somebody, you can notice, like, at the beginning of the prayer, they're a lot of times, like, nervous, and they're in fear, and uh, so many times it's like they have a huge weight on their shoulders, an invisible weight that you can't see. And as soon as they're done praying, as soon as they confess Jesus Christ, it's like that burden is rolled off, and it's removed. Same thing with being filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you actually believe and confess, and then you speak. And so many times, with those two instances, we'll find ourselves, or you know, you're already born again, filled with the Spirit. You might not find yourself, but even with other people you're praying with, you'll find that uh, fleshly nature or human nature will like you want to see it before you believe it, right? And we know that's not the case. But what happens is. That uh, uh, deception kind of slips up sneakily, right? And so we don't realize uh, maybe with an area of healing or an area of finances or uh, an area of uh, mental wellness or health that we're actually waiting for something to happen and then we'll believe. Well, there was one major event that actually did happen, and that was Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And on him, God laid every sickness, every disease, actually the curse. Deuteronomy 28 talks about the curse of the law. Um, spiritual death, sickness, and poverty was all laid upon Christ, and he redeemed us. So when you connect with that event, you actually connect with the power in that event in the situation in your life or the situation in someone else's life that you're helping, that you're ministering to, so you can actually connect them with that event. So when you pray these prayers, you're actually praying for something uh, much greater than um, a new house, or even health in your body, or um, freedom from depression, or deliverance from any kind of bondage or something that would hold you back. Because you're praying the prayer that gives you insight and wisdom and revelation into the full knowledge of God. And when we know who God is and who he has made us to be in Christ, then you can lift up your chest and stand firm and speak boldly to the powers of darkness, to the thoughts that come and say, no, 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 you're not doing this because I see this. And so <clears throat> it's kind of like I said, you know... Um, when I was first filled with the Spirit, you look at the Word of God, and it was like a whole new Bible. So all of a sudden, I'm seeing thing after thing after thing after thing. Well, that happened when I was just baptized in the Holy Spirit. But since then, and at that point, I didn't even know this prayer was in the Bible. And since then, I started praying this prayer. And I pray this prayer in Ephesians 3 as well and some other ones uh, uh, all the time. And so as I'm consistently and constantly praying these... Um, I actually have a spirit of wisdom and revelation from God that flows, and I start to see things and know things, and not only when I'm reading the Word of God, but I'll be just doing different things, and <clears throat> if you pay attention, the Lord's speaking to you, and He's bringing light and bringing revelation and bringing understanding, and um, on things that maybe you've seen for years and years, I know it was probably about three years ago, uh, Brother Hagin has a book called, uh, actually just called Healing Scriptures. And it just has a bunch of healing scriptures in the book. Uh, and uh, so I, uh, it was uh, January, actually, 
And for whatever reason, the Lord had led me to get that book and to start meditating in it. And I wasn't feeling ill. I wasn't bad. There was nothing. I just kind of responded to what I felt the Lord was having me to do. So I started reading it. And then um, I didn't think too much about it. So I read through it. And then I thought, okay, well, I read through it again. I read through it again. And about the fourth time I'm reading through it. And, and this is just scriptures placed together, like all the healing scriptures. So there's not like, I think at the front part, maybe the first chapter, there's a little bit of story or commentary or something, but the rest of scriptures. So I'm reading these scriptures and I look and I'm like, I have never seen that before. What is that? You know, and saying, you know, Second Peter 2, 24, by his stripes you're healed and this stuff. And I'm looking at it and it's the exact same thing is happening. A spirit of wisdom and revelation begins to function and you start to see things that you didn't see. And so I'm like, oh my goodness. So I write that down and I look back at the scripture again, you know, because you're just like uh, satisfied in your spirit. You're like, this tastes good. And so I look again, and oh, there's something else. And I look again, and there's something. I'm looking at the same verse. And so why is that? Because I'm not grabbing this, and I'm not seeing this with my natural eyes or my natural mind. I'm actually grabbing hold of this in the realm of the Spirit, because God is a spirit, and they that worship him or follow him or give their lives to him must worship him or follow him or give their lives to him in spirit and in truth. And so when we try to understand the word of God mentally, you get hung up. You, you're, the, the depth is about what you see on the page, the words that you see on the page. But when you connect with the spirit of God and the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, then there is truth upon truth upon truth upon truth. And as we said last week, you know, when you have uh, the rhema of God, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of Christos, by the rhema of the anointed one and his anointing. When you have that functioning and flowing, and rhema is a word that's so, I think a good way to describe it would be something from the word of God that's so real to you that you can reach out and touch it. It's tangible. And really, you can't see it the other way. I shouldn't say you can't see it, but um, it becomes so real that you actually see things in their true perspective. And the other thoughts that would come or the other things that people would say or thoughts that even the devil would bring to you um, are almost laughable. So that you, you're, you're kind of, you're, you're, you're saying like, you think I'm not healed? You know, the devil would be like, well, you know, you're not going to be healed. And you can actually look at the word of God and say, you're, you're right. I'm not going to be healed because Jesus healed me over 2,000 years ago. And I'm not trying to get something. I've actually got it. I'm not waiting until I see it and feel it and touch it. I believe now. I don't have the Thomas kind of faith. I have the God kind of faith. Uh, Mark eleven twenty two 22 says, have faith in God. Jesus said, have faith in God. He just cursed the, the fig tree and it withered. And they're like, whoa, like Jesus, that, that tree that you just talked to yesterday is withered. And he said, have faith in God or lay hold on God's faithfulness, some, some translations say, or have the God kind of faith. So, you know, the Lord doesn't always... Um, Talk to us the way we talk to each other. He'll kind of like give you the answer that just penetrates right through the darkness. Boom, 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 boom. And so he said, uh, he didn't give a long discourse. He just said, have faith in God. 
And then he gave an example. He said, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. He'll have whatever he says. Um, uh, And then he said, what things whatever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. When are you going to believe that you receive? When you pray. So he didn't say... um, what things soever you desire when you pray, once you see them, believe that you receive them, and then, of course, you'll know that you have them because you can see them. He said, when you pray, believe that you receive them at that moment. So it's like a done deal. It's completed. It's finished. Now, I've prayed that prayer, and I have tried to pray that prayer, and with uh, too much doubt in my head, right, and maybe not enough revelation of the Word of God. So when the Word of God becomes real, and you get a spirit of wisdom and revelation, then you could say, you know what? I cannot explain this. If you ask me to explain it, I cannot explain it. But I know this is true. And I'm standing firm on this word. Because when you get revelation, your faith actually begins to soar. And your faith works. So we want a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So let's look at this uh, real quick. Let's look at uh, verse 1. I'm actually going to use my other Bible. Not verse 1, it would be verse 17. The beginning of the prayer, verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So here we're talking about not... Uh, me, not some other preacher, not some uh, television preacher, not your favorite minister of the gospel, but we're talking about God himself. So we're not looking to man and we're not looking to our um, uh, wisdom or our knowledge or our accumulation of uh, righteous acts or anything that we've done. We're looking to God himself. So when we pray, Jesus said, actually, when you pray in that day in John, he said, you'll not ask me anything. So we're not even praying to Jesus and asking Jesus. He said, in that day, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So when we pray this prayer, we're praying to God, to our Father God. And he's the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory. And the glory really contains everything that God is and everything that Christ is and everything that God has. And when you get in contact with the glory of God, you'll find that up in the glory is every need met. Up in the glory is an abundance of everything that you need, everything that you don't even know that you need. And um, so we're praying not to, um, as a servant, but we're praying actually as sons and daughters of God because he is our father and he's the father of glory. So when you approach God as a father, you actually approach someone that hopefully if you had a good example of an earthly father, um, if, if you didn't have a good example, then look at the example of God the Father. He's the best example you could possibly have. But children generally uh, love their father and are very open like to come. And I know my kids, unfortunately, there's been times when I've said, here, jump to daddy, he'll catch you. <laughs> and man, are you thinking, man, if I miss you one time, and I don't remember which one it was, but I kind of like slipped a little bit, and they're like, hey, dad! And like their confidence in me, I think, was a little shaken. And I'm like, and I'm, then I said it like the next day. I'm like, here, jump to daddy. And they're like, ah. And I'm like, don't be afraid. I'm sorry I dropped you. 
God, God will not drop you. It wasn't bad. It wasn't like a bad injury, but <clears throat> just a little shocking, I think, for them and me. But God is our Father, and we come to him, and we pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. So we want a spirit of wisdom and revelation, not really in this prayer. We're not praying of natural things, of this, of that, or whatever. We're praying in the knowledge of him. How many of you want to know God better? I always want to know God more and more each and every day. I want to draw closer to him and be more like him. And, uh, you know, to get into his presence, you're changed. I mean, you can be in the presence of a man or a woman that's a great leader, that's a great minister, and you can actually get a little something. But, man, when you get in the presence of God, uh, your perspective changed. You start to see things differently. I remember being with Brother Hagin. You would be with him and uh, just walking up to him, just like shaking his hand. He was one of the most warm, loving, inviting people that you would ever meet. I mean, not, he might not say a lot of words to you, but when he spoke to you, he is just like so full of life and love and like, Melody would call him like a big teddy bear because as he got older, he uh, gained some weight. He used to weigh like less than me, like 138 pounds. They called him a string bean from Tom Bean, Texas, because he was so thin. And um, as he liked to say, you know, those days are gone forever. <laughs> but uh, uh, just uh, someone like that that's a great leader in the faith and uh, in your walk with the Lord, uh, you can come into their presence or just being around them, and you really just can sense the peace of God and the love of God and stability and strength. Well, when you get with God himself, the source of all of that, I mean, Brother Hagin was not like that cool in himself. It was because he connected with God. And so uh, he allowed God really to live in and through him and express himself through him and kind of if we get out of the way, then the Lord can do a lot with us. Verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, um, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in, in the saints or in believers, those that are set aside and set apart. So we're talking about in this prayer that you're going to realize and know what you have. So I know in my life... Um, uh, financial provision, physical healing, um, and uh, really I would say like even mental freedom I have found in Christ because uh, the Bible says that fear has torment. And um, if you've never been bound by fear, you might not understand uh, fully or comprehend the amount of power that fear can have over an individual and over a life. It can completely paralyze. And um, I got filled with the Holy Spirit and started getting revelation and understanding. And all of a sudden, I'm uh, being led in directions to study things that I had never like really thought that much about before and didn't know existed. And uh, uh, I started to find out, like, that I don't have to be sick anymore. I don't have to be poor anymore. I don't have to be bound anymore. And it came to me like that was unbelievable. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't grab hold of that. I couldn't comprehend it because 
I, uh, my grandfather uh, died of Alzheimer's and uh, at, I don't even remember how old he was, I think upper 60s. And uh, so I only remember him maybe for like three or four years when he was mostly right in his mind. I mean, when somebody dies of Alzheimer's, you think like, okay, when did it start? Like, you know, they talk about with President Reagan. Was he in office? Was he like, you know, kind of losing it in office or whatever? Um, but uh, uh, I would go and um, help my grandmother on Monday nights because she, she kept him at home until just, I think, the very last few months. She was able to keep him at home because she wanted to. And my grandfather went mute like almost right away. So they don't all do that. And uh, it can actually be a blessing if they do that because their mind doesn't function properly. And he was a Christian, but, um, you know, just different. It's a very, very bad disease. So I would uh, stay with him on Monday nights so my grandmother could go to a support group and get out. And so I helped care for him and, and um, do different things for him and uh, really enjoyed my, my grandparents. But, you know, that's in your family. And so you start to see like, well, they say this is hereditary. And, you know, so like you should plan for in the future, like what if this happens and you should take like your vacations, your like lifetime vacations you wanted to take young and, and do all of this stuff in case this happens. So I say like, you know, delivered from mental things, like that's like a, it wasn't like a crippling fear, but that was a fear that I would never have really labeled as a fear. I didn't, wasn't conscious of that, that was in my life. And so as soon as I started to read this and see this, I'm thinking, this is like, can this be true? And so then you start to stop and look, and you're kind of like, okay, well, let's forget everything else everybody else says because people say a lot of things. And you find out, like, people you thought were true maybe aren't true or don't know what you thought they knew. So I'm going to look at the Word of God and just go with the Word of God. And sure enough, looking in the Word of God, there's Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. In fact, Dad Hagen always said, I think that the Lord provided so many avenues for healing in the scriptures because he wanted an avenue that everyone could find at least one scripture to latch onto and say, okay, I'm taking that one. Because he wanted everybody to be well so much. God did and does. And so um, I started looking and like you start to see, wow, it is the will of God to heal. It is God's will to heal. And then you actually end up and you start to see like, you know, well, here's a minister that um, taught faith and healing, actually had the gifts of the Spirit, working of miracles and operation in his life and ministry, and he died in his 30s. So, like, how can that be? Well, what's going on? Or maybe a family member or somebody else that you knew. I know um, there was a, a um, man that passed away at 39 years old, and... Um, believed in healing and those type of things. And uh, at the funeral, uh, Brother Hagen was at the funeral and got to talking to the family, you know, because you go to a funeral and family talks and hopefully you get to laugh and enjoy the life that you had with the people for a period of time. And uh, the guy's brother said, you know, he always said, I'll never live to be a day past, I'll, I'll never live to see age 40. And then the mother heard that and said, yeah, he did always say that, didn't he? And he said it and said it. And the, Brother Hagin had prayed about it because, you know, it's not God's will that we die young. And so the Lord said to him in his prayer about it before these people even said this, he said, spiritual laws have been set in motion that cannot be reversed at this time. And so what happens is sometimes 
we will take natural knowledge and the devil is, will be happy to accommodate us and help us with that and say like, well, so look, they believed in healing. They even preached healing and they died young. So it can't be true. So it's not true for you. Well, what I have found over the years through other people's stories and through my personal experiences is that you don't most of the time know what people are saying at home. Because like if we all had whatever we said in church, I think our lives would be amazing. But I want to know what are you going to say tomorrow morning and what are you saying tomorrow night and what are you saying Thursday morning and Thursday night and all the other days of the week. Now, God is full of mercy and full of grace. And just because <clears throat> you got in the flesh and you said something like, I don't think I'm ever going to be healed. What do you do? You just run to the throne of grace and mercy and boom, you're like as if it never happened. Uh, you know, there was a lady that um, her uh, son had epileptic seizures and uh, uh, for the sake of time, I'll try and make the story short, but she, uh, he had epileptic seizures, and um, Brother Hagin was ministering to them, and uh, the Lord said, uh, don't pray for the child, don't anoint him with oil, say to the mother, uh, uh, basically say that you're walking in love, take your hands off my child, because if we walk in love, we learn in the New Testament and even in the, in the Old Covenant, that he'll take sickness and disease away from the midst of us, and the number of our days we will fulfill. So she was... She basically hated her mother-in-law, and she was not walking in love with her mother-in-law. But she, in an instant of time, said, she didn't know this up till this time, right? So the, the, it was a pretty bad epileptic seizure, and uh, he went into the seizure, and uh, she just said, Satan, take your hands off my child. I'm walking in love. And immediately the seizure stopped, and she walked in love. So just because you have had a lifestyle or a pattern of missing God, of messing up, of hating somebody, uh, it can be changed in an instant of time. The devil is the liar and the father of lies. And what he does, I think the best example is if you have ever been backslid yourself or if you have had someone close to you that has backslidden. The lie is that you're so far from God that you might as well just do a good job of backsliding, that you might as well just get further and further out. As you get away from God, it feels like it's so far, but the second you come back, man, it was just right there, right there. And that's the way that the realm of the supernatural is. The realm of the supernatural is just one click away. You realize we're here and we see and feel and contact the world through our natural bodies, but the supernatural is here. The Spirit of God is here, and Jesus Christ himself is here. And he's walking amongst us because where two or three are gathered together in his name, he said, there am I. And when he's here, he brings everything he has with him. Actually, the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. Not off when we get to heaven. Of course, when we get to heaven, but in this world, in this time, right now. Faith is now. We believe God now. So as, you, as, as we have a spirit of seeing and knowing functioning in our lives, we begin to see things and know things that our mind doesn't even comprehend. And sometimes there'll be truths that you'll see and you'll know, and I've had to just like sit on it because I can't, like I, I, I want to tell Melody and say, hey, 
I just got, this is the most amazing thing I've just seen in the Word of God, but I cannot explain it to you. I can't, like, communicate it to you, but it's right here. And then, um, so, uh, you know, spiritual things many times are hard to put into natural words. But as you get more and more wisdom and revelation and understanding comes, you can actually speak those things out and you can express those. So let's go on. Um, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. You know, we were talking about like the Manhattan Project. If you, re- if you go and Google that and read on the internet, the guys trying to describe what they saw, it's like the same type of thing. They're like, it was the brightest thing the most powerful thing, the biggest thing beyond what we've seen before, like trying to come up with words to describe what they were seeing, right? And so that's the same way, like you get this revelation, this understanding, and you try to come up with these natural words to describe something that's supernatural, that goes beyond the natural, and yet it affects the natural. So when you start to see and to know as God sees and God knows, as only God can reveal and God can show, you actually tap into something that goes beyond this world, that goes into the life beyond. And when you're born again, the very life of God and the very nature of God is birthed inside of you, birthed inside of your heart. So really, David said in the Psalms, I look for my help from the hills. I look up. But really, we can look to the inside because when you're born again, your help is on the inside and God's spirit is on the inside. And if you will follow the leading of God's spirit, you'll never miss. I know the spirit of God has never led me wrong. Now, I might have missed it sometimes in following him, my interpretation. Um, Really, the times I think it's easiest to miss it is when it's... uh, like a uh, romantic situation, like when I was dating, you know, and trying to figure out who am I supposed to marry, all these type of things. When your emotions get very involved, you actually have to be in the word more because the word is the only thing that actually divides between what's called soul and spirit. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And, uh, but the spirit of God has never led me wrong. And that's even how I said when I was unsure of being baptized with the Holy Spirit, I didn't know what to do, but the same spirit that was inside of me gave me a nudge to uh, respond to the call to receive the Holy Spirit in its fullness and to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so um, I didn't take time to analyze it or really to process it that much because I had been meditating on being filled with the Spirit actually for some time, and I'm kind of like, is this right, is this not? I'm reading these scriptures and seeing stuff, and I didn't really um, have a spirit of wisdom and revelation operating at that time. And so all I knew was the voice of the Spirit of God. And you know the voice of the Spirit of God if you're born again because Jesus actually said that my sheep know my voice, and that you actually know him. Sometimes it doesn't feel like you know him, but the way it's going to feel like you know him is if you actually believe that you know him and act on that fact. So last story would be uh, when I was in Bible school, uh, one of my friend's sisters came to town, 
And uh, I don't remember what we were praying about, but she had uh, a need that she was very concerned about. She didn't know what to do. And um, so I said, well, let's pray. And I said, but when we pray, I said, what I want you to do is I want you, uh, don't think a lot about this. Just let's start out by thanking God that he hears us when we pray. That when we pray, we connect with him and we contact him. And so, man, we prayed, and within 30 seconds, the presence of God filled that room. And you could just, like, reach out and touch the presence of God, almost like you could cut a chunk out and take it with you. Why? Because we got in line with the Word of God. Because we actually believed what Jesus said and what God said was true. We believed it enough to act on it. And so when you believe enough to act, all of a sudden your faith is moving. And when your faith is moving... God, you come in contact with God, and you connect with God, and you actually uh, go into, uh, uh, you go into a realm that's beyond your, um, your own abilities and your own thinking. I want everybody to stand with me, if you would. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is so good. Let's, um, let's lift our voice and um, pray to the Lord here for just a couple minutes. Heavenly Father, we, we come before you into your presence. Father, we thank you for your spirit. Father, we thank you that the Holy Spirit, that you've sent him and he's our helper and he's our teacher and he's our guide and he gives us understanding and revelation. And Father, I pray for everyone they can hear my voice. Father, I pray that a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and in the knowledge of you would flow, would manifest, would be tangible and touchable, Father, that each and every area where there's a need, where there's something, uh, where freedom needs to come, Father, that wisdom and revelation in that area of your word would come. Father, that you would flood us with your light, with your uh, revelation, with your understanding, Oh, Father, we thank you that you are a good God and that you give us good things. Father, I thank you that you haven't left us alone without help, without confidence, but you have given us the Holy Spirit to teach us and to lead us and to guide us. Oh, Father, hallelujah, you are good and your mercy endures forever. And your mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Oh, Father, we thank you. Mm. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
So don't look to the natural and don't look to the mind of the flesh, but look to the mind of the Spirit, for the mind of the Spirit will bring understanding and illumination and revelation, and the mind of the Spirit will guide you and lead you in the right path and in the right way, and you'll begin to see and to know things that you've only thought in your imagination. You'll begin to see and know things as they truly are and things as the Spirit of God would reveal. So don't draw back and don't look backwards, but lift up your head, lift up your eyes, look and see. Look and see out in the, in the <clears throat> timeline of heaven. Look and see that the glory of God is right before you and the glory of God is right there above you and even open, open and pouring out upon you. For the glory of God will bring with it every part and every power and every anointing and every strength and every freedom that you need. For the glory of God contains all that he is. And the glory of God will flow and you'll begin to walk in ways that you've not walked before and see things that you've not seen before and step out and no longer be underneath the powers of darkness and subdued by the work of the evil kingdom, but you'll be set free. You'll actually be set on top and above and go beyond beyond the natural world, the natural realm, and you'll go far above, for you're seated in heavenly places with the Son of His love. You're seated in heavenly places far above what the devil would bring and the things that people would say. It doesn't matter who says this and who says that, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. For the kingdom of God has set you free, and the kingdom of God has given you liberty and freedom and access, access to the realm of the Spirit and access to the throne room of God from which all authority and all power flows. For access into the kingdom has been given unto you. So take the key, which is the name of Jesus, and enter on in. Enter on in and do not sin. Enter on in and open up. Open up your heart and open up your eyes and see that now there is a pathway to life and victory, a pathway that you have not been on before, but a pathway that has been opened and there's a door. There's a door for you to enter on through and to come up higher and come on in. So don't hesitate and don't draw back, but come on in and rejoice for the redemption of the Lord is near, and it's even here, and it's even with you and in you. For the redemption of the Lord brings strength, and brings life, and brings revelation, and brings understanding. So walk, not in the flesh, but walk out in the realm of the real you, the realm of the Spirit. And you'll find that things will be different, and things will change, and life will spring forth even from within. Life will come, life will come, and drive out death. And drive out darkness and drive out fear. For life and light cannot be comprehended by darkness and evil. But life and light will take over and penetrate every dark area, every dark thing. And you'll be set free and you'll be rejoicing. For greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 If you're here this morning and you have a need in your body or in your mind or you have something going on that you need prayer for, I invite you to come forward and we'll pray for you, connect you with God. You can just reach out in faith also right where you're standing. 
The presence of God is here. All that he has is here. He is our healer. He is our strength giver and our life giver. He is our hope and our all in all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your presence here this morning. Father, we thank you for a spirit of seeing and knowing, uh, flowing that we can see and know things that we haven't seen and known before. Father, I pray uh, for all those uh, that don't know you, Father. I pray that they would respond to the tug of your spirit. Father, that they would open themselves up to you and that they would um, turn from the way that they've been living and turn to the life that's in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for all those uh, that are listening that are not uh, full of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you'd bring revelation and understanding. Father, that you'd bring people across the paths of those that are lost, across the paths of those that are not filled with your spirit to minister and to preach and to show your love to them, Father. I pray that not one person would miss heaven and go to hell. Father, I pray that the name of the Lord Jesus Christ would be lifted up in our city, in our region, in our nation, and around the world. I pray for the entire body of Christ, Father, that we would rise up and stand in the reality of who you've made your body to be. Father, that churches uh, would begin to be awakened, that believers would, would be awakened. Father, I pray for a greater... Uh, manifestation of the gifts of your spirit to be in operation in this day, in this hour, and in this time. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.